Alex Jones banned from Apple, Google, and Facebook. Is it a violation of free speech or an exercise of private property rights? The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6, talking about what I think are the most important issues of the week, especially in the context of our rights, liberties, constitutional protections, Anything that I think is going to continue the erosion of the freedom in our society and that freedom like freedom is used as a word basically means is used to justify anything. Every every politician on both sides will use the word freedom to justify anything they want to do. You can't have freedom without war. You know, you can't have freedom without welfare. It's like, no, you, I'm talking about actual Liberty is to do what you want and not encroach on other people's rights to do what they want. And uh, that this Alex Jones uh, issue really brings up a lot of those points. It brings up what it means to what are the remedies for when you encroach on somebody else's rights. So if Alex Jones uses his free speech and it hurts other people, does there need, need to be a law against it, or does the other person just get to sue him? If he wants to say what he wants on uh, Google or Apple, are they allowed to ban him because they're a private company, or are they not allowed to ban him because they use the Internet, which was created by DARPA, the government's defense research arm, or because they're actually fronts for the government? I can make a case for that. So there are a lot of really important questions here. Uh, I also think, you know, I have a very, maybe a unique opinion about Alex Jones and uh, who he is and what he does and um, the meaning of it all. So we have, this is, seems like an isolated issue, but there is so much to unpack and talk about when it comes to this controversy. But first, let me lay out... Uh, what exactly happened? So I say, um, just in a nutshell, that uh, Alex Jones's content. Now, Alex Jones is a guy I think everybody's heard of by now. Although when I first started doing this show six years ago, I uh, people did not know who he was. I, I, I and I did, and I I kind of liked him back back then. He did a lot of good work, and uh, what he. Uh, he did uh, – sorry, a lot of – I got a distraction there. He did a lot of good work, but my problem was that he, um, over time, started to incorporate into what was a deeper truth some stuff that wasn't so deep, that wasn't true, that played into the hands of the military-industrial complex. So if you take a guy who – He's widely regarded. One of the things people criticize Alex Jones about for is that he uh, says that 9-11 was an inside job. They also criticized him for propagating hatred of Muslims. Now, if you know the the truther view of 9-11, it's that it was an inside job blamed on Muslims, but that 
uh, that the al-Qaeda was a CIA operation. I think that's in the record. You have Hillary talking about the Taliban being created by the U.S. government, and Osama bin Laden was a part of that. Saudi Arabia, most of the hijackers were Saudi Arabian, which was our ally. You know, So the, the 9-11 truther concept is that uh, the, the military-industrial complex arranged this as a false flag to justify geopolitical and military action in the Middle East for reasons other than fighting terrorism. They created terrorism as a pretext. So for a guy who's criticized for being a 9-11 truther to also be criticized for promoting this Muslim, you know, uh, uh, to blame the Muslims and the Muslim countries in the Middle East, he promotes this pretext for the actions that we have over there, which ultimately serves the military-industrial complex. So to me... I would label Alex Jones a limited hangout. I mean, I don't – he – and what I mean by that is – now, I'm not saying I have a smoking gun that connects him to the CIA or whatever, but a limited hangout is when you put a lot of information out there that can damage you, like as the state, but it serves a better purpose, so it's worth putting out that damaging information. You can control that damage, but you still get what you want, which, let's say, is more war. So that makes uh, – so – so that lends itself to the interpretation that Alex Jones is a disinformation agent, like controlled opposition is another way, like what Lenin would call him. So he put a lot of good stuff out there, but put in some stuff that isn't so good. And that, that is a, a government tactic. Cass Sunstein wrote, uh, um, he was, Obama's information czar, he wrote a paper called Conspiracy Theories, and he talked about cognitive infiltration. So you put a conspiracy theory out there that is supported by facts and evidence or whatever. There is a conspiracy theory out there that can be argued like JFK was shot by more than just a lone nut. Uh, There's evidence to support that. So what you do is, and they actually invented the term conspiracy theory to discredit people who pointed out that evidence. So what you do is you take a legitimate, uh, a theory that has some, Uh, credibility that's worth talking about and you interject craziness into it. So you go to a website that has good thoughts and you put crazy comments to chase people away. To me, that's exactly what Alex Jones does. The perfect example was uh, Pierce Morgan. Was that that guy's name, that British guy on uh, CNN? I think he was arguing against guns and the, uh, he had Alex Jones on the show to argue uh, against gun control And Alex Jones just started screaming and yelling, and I thought he looked ridiculous, and he made that side look ridiculous. And I, and to me, that kind of hurts it. And and in this case, I think perhaps the end game for persecuting Alex Jones by taking his content down isn't going to be a victory for uh, freedom or an expose of big tech's connections to the defense industry or any of that. I think there's a good chance, I've been predicting this for a long time now, that that it'll foster support for a compromised position, which would be the left and the right would come together and say, you know, this freedom thing just isn't working, freedom of speech isn't enough, we need a fairness doctrine, we need a new fairness doctrine that that regulates how the media weighs um, left and right opinions. And 
the right has always been against the fairness doctrine because it favored the left. But now that it looks like the right is under attack, that's maybe how you get the right uh, into this. um, It's like your classic dialectic thesis, antithesis, synthesis, the synthesis being okay. We can all come together to agree that the rights are too expansive and they need to be defined and regulated, which is something neither right nor left should ever want. The left always calls itself like a proponent of civil liberties and the right of the Bill of Rights. But I think they might come together and allow the government to define freedom of speech in a way that will limit it, not for the left and the right, not for Democrats and Republicans, but for people who really think outside the box and really try to go for a deeper truth that would expose the military industrial complex or the agenda or whatever uh, and the details behind that once and for all. So I I started out saying there's a lot to unpack and then I just put more stuff out there that we still have to unpack. But um, so let's take it down a notch. I'm going to talk to my producer, Binkley, here, who – how are you doing, Binkley? I'm great. How are you? I'm glad to have a platform. <laughs> for now. For as long <laughs> as it lasts, enjoy it. I'm good. I took your advice and had – more coffee, and I think that's why. Always just... more coffee. <laughs> Always more coffee. So there you go. So instead of making things clearer, I think I just uh, <laughs> piled like every thought I've had on this. I just can't sleep thinking about, oh, and this and that and this and that. I mean, I, I don't know why. I just think this thing is so packed with important issues. So why don't you just take it, uh, simplify it a little bit, make it a little more concrete, the issue we're talking about, what happened, what they're saying happened, and then – Throughout the show, we can kind of unpack all those uh, deeper issues. Okay, I'll quickly tell you what happened, just what happened, and then I can tell you how it was reported and why it was reported in the way that it was. Here's what happened. Late Sunday evening, Alex Jones' podcasts were removed, and he was banned from Apple's platforms. And shortly after, the next morning, Facebook and YouTube also removed his videos and banned him as well. And from there, the domino effect kind of uh, went in and the list grew. He was banned from Spotify, TuneIn, Spreaker, and from what I assume is Jim Acosta's Jim favorite website, he was banned from Pornhub. <laughs> what was he even doing on Pornhub? Was it Truth Pornhub? No, it was Pornhub, <laughs> where apparently people, I guess you can get some advertising money by uh, Mr. by taking videos and, and sticking them in a – I think the article said that they don't really monitor those as much for copyright because who wants to go, hey, I found all these copyright strikes <laughs> on Pornhub. <laughs> okay, okay. The reason given across the board was that, as you said, he violated their bullying and their um, hate speech policy, yet none of them – actually gave the specific video that was a violation and nobody can check anymore because all of the videos have been removed. So now we must just take their word for it. You know, that's interesting because my I basically gave up on YouTube. I'm I'm a pushover. As soon as as soon as I get pushed back, I'm like, you know what? I don't care. <laughs> Who needs you? It's like a buffet. Go to a buffet. Too many people up Ugh. they're trying to get food. I'm just like, you know what? I'm not eating. So um so I just never posted on YouTube again. The one thing that they pushed back on me was that um, because we were the first to call out Sheriff Israel as uh, being promoting the gun control agenda, all that. Uh, but they never told me specifically why 
they were banning me, and I pointed out to them that I'm on an FCC regulated <laughs> airwave, and I don't I don't violate any real rules anyway. But um, uh, let's take a quick break, and then I want you to tell me what you think is really going on, because I know you've been following this closely. Okay, can we do that? And also uh, read a little tweet, a few tweets after that. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Have you ever questioned the nature of your reality? On News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. WSB's Mark Aram will take his local 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. talk show to the ballpark Monday night to Cool Ray Field for the Gwinnett Stripers game against Louisville. He and his crew will host the show from Necro's Restaurant at Cool Ray. So join Mark and get tickets for the August 13th game at GoStripers.com and listen to Mark Aram every weeknight at 7 p.m. on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And uh, we are talking about the uh, Alex Jones getting banned from uh, a lot of big tech platforms for his content. And uh, so, Binkley, you were saying before the break that they're saying it's hate. They're not identifying the actual words. Actually, before I get back to you, I just want to say, if you – there's recourse for this. If you – or there should be. This is the thing. If you take – if you say something that incites other people to take action that hurts someone, anything that you do that causes another person harm, you can be sued for criminally or civilly through torts. Now, I would say that eliminates even restrictions on saying crying out fire in a crowded theater. Like even that doesn't need to be against free speech because – if you actually cause any harm, you can get sued out of existence, and that in itself would be a deterrent. So you don't need to have a restriction on free speech. What you need to have is what you already have, which is you have accountability for damages actually caused. And then I found a case, Snyder, I think it's called, um, v. Phelps, Snyder v. Phelps, that actually debarred someone from suing uh, for intentional infliction of emotional distress, which is a tort, because the person who inflicted that distress was doing it in the name of free speech on a, a matter of public policy. So by that, that what I would consider a bad decision, Snyder v. Phelps, took away any actual traditional legal remedy for uh, for damages caused by free speech. So what you have is... Uh, now you have this vacuum. So it's like you're saying that oftentimes people say, well, there's a free market failure, so we need regulation. Well, usually the free market failure is created by taking away recourse to tried and true millennia old um, remedies. So that's what I, I had to get that out while I was top of mind, because sometimes ideas like that are hard to explain if they don't pop up right in that context. So that was like my first line of defense against the argument that we need regulation. And uh, having not let you set a word, Binkley, I'm going to let you lead off the next segment, which is coming up. And I also want to hear what y'all think. Do you think Alex Jones should be banned by big tech? Or do, does big tech have the right to ban Alex Jones? 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, at Monica Perez Show. 
Monica Perez. Everything she said was true. She knew. Nobody believed her. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice uh, on WSB. We are always talking about the news of the week in the context of our rights. And today we're talking about Alex Jones having his content removed from big tech platforms. And my question to you is, is that uh, okay? Is that an exercise of private property rights or is it? Uh, a violation of his First Amendment, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. I'm going to go to Philip in Decatur. Philip, you're on with Monica. How you doing? Hey, Monica. I'm doing good, thanks. How are you? Good. What's happening? So I, I think that uh, these tech giants should not be allowed to deplatform people for political speech that they don't like, even though they are private companies, uh, based on the fact that they're basically allowed to maintain monopolies within their various sectors. Um, So, you know, deplatforming and unpersoning people by these companies is is essentially violating free speech rights. Uh, Okay, so I would take it one step further as a libertarian and say that they're not only allowed to be monopolies, their monopolies are fostered by government because, uh, like, Google was incubated by DARPA, which is the Defense Department research arm. InQtel yeah. is a CIA venture capital firm. Um, weirdly, uh, LifeLog was a Pentagon, basically a Pentagon Facebook that people wouldn't use because it was the Pentagon and it closed down the day Facebook was actually launched. So I think these companies are deeply embedded with the government. And uh, I actually found another case. I was just noodling around a little bit for cases, but there's a case. um, There's several cases that talk about if, if you're using the government, uh, you're using a government platform. So there's one case called Burton where, a coffee shop used a public parking lot uh, for its customers, and then they denied service to a black man. This was a long time ago. And they ruled against the coffee shop because they said since they use public stuff, they have to uh, respect this guy's rights. And then more recently, there's a case called Wickersham where a private organization used cops to remove people for trespassing. And those people were there exercising free speech for policy matters. And the ruling was the police are not allowed to enforce your property rights if you use your property and curtail people's free speech. And I would say that you could take away Google's patents protection, patent protection, because they're using their patents to keep people from competing. And then so this goes to what you're saying about they're allowed to have a monopoly that's based a lot on patents. And a lot of these patents are, are actually fostered by the government. And in any case, they're protected by them. And then you go in and say, well, this is a private company and we, they don't have to enforce free speech. Well then by this kind of case law, you wouldn't enforce their patents because you can't help them maintain a monopoly if they don't allow free speech. I realize that's like, this is more stuff for like an economics or a law podcast, but these are real issues. And, and I it's think it's still get, relevant. Yeah. yeah. They, they get caught up in the emotions of it, but nobody's talking about the fact that there are precedents 
that we can apply. It's not just an emotional situation. That, that's true. Have you thought about this in the context of the uh, what, what happened with the phone companies and the Telecommunications Act of 1996? Tell me what you're thinking. I have thought a lot about that situation, but not in this application. So what are you thinking? But, Basically, it was determined that the phone companies cannot deny service to American citizens um, because the phone companies use the phone lines, which were put in place by the federal government. The phone companies, yes. you know, they need to use this utility to exist. And the same, I mean, the same goes for the Internet and See, the Internet the providers. Thing. I'm glad you brought that up because the way you presented that is not how most people understand it. People look back and say monopolies were broken, the, the AT&T or whatever was a monopoly, that was broken up and Sprint or whatever was allowed to use their lines and, and free marketers would say that's not right. It was private property. But if you go back and look, I believe it is true that the government, they didn't put up the lines, but they allowed AT&T or whatever the original company was, I think it was AT&T, exclusive rights to, to lay that line so that they wouldn't have to face competition because it seemed like what's called a natural monopoly. I question if that is really true, but that it was a natural monopoly. But the fact is, uh, yes, when you use federal, you know, government financed or um, protected platforms and infrastructure, you have this combination of public and private, which I don't believe in. I don't think there should be such a thing. But then you have to look at the rights, it, you know, it become squishy whether you have strict private property rights and control over what people can and can't do on your property. I, I agree. I, I think that um, the the tech giants, the Facebooks and Twitters and, and all these and YouTube, especially they do hold natural monopolies. And if we're going to allow them to do that, then we should hold them to a constitutional standard to not infringe on people's rights. Uh, I appreciate that. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to take the last word on this, Philip and say, that it's not a natural monopoly that they enjoy, but that they are in a position now where it would be hard to unseat them because of networking effects. They were first movers, whatever, but that they were they they achieved those positions because they were protected, incubated by the by the government who picked and chose winners, who orchestrated contests and incubators, matching people up. There's a big article, famous article about the CIA and Google uh, promoting Sergey Brin and his technology. And there's a lot of that. So in a, if it had been a truly anarchic situation, you would probably not have monopolistic players in each of these fields. Uh, but now that everybody is networked to the one platform in each of these media, you're going to, it's going to be hard to unseat them. And I would say it wasn't a natural situation. It was a protectionist, a result of protectionism by the government. I don't usually go down this far into the, into the weeds, but I think it's been worthwhile. So I'm going to keep going and I'm going to go to Dave in Smyrna. Hi, Dave, you're on with Monica. Ah, uh, Dave, I don't. I I need help here, uh, Rachel. Uh, yeah, Dave, Dave, I'm, I got you, Dave. Can you hear me? Yep. Thank you. Okay. All right. Very good. Uh, well, of course, not only has Infowars been banned, uh, Natural News has been banned. That's Mike Adams, uh, Alex Jones, of course, over Infowars. 
over the years, I have learned many, many things or heard them first on InfoWars or maybe World Net Daily, you know, one of the other non-controlled media outlets. Uh, the, the globalists, they control Google, YouTube, Facebook. I saw a picture years ago of Leon Panetta giving an award to Mark Zuckerberg at CIA headquarters. So what? get into that. Really? I swear. I swear. Wow. I, swear I can see it. that. So, um, you know, and I have met people that said they work for IBM and, you know, that all the social media was being used by the FBI to, to, to put together an algorithm on people. But, uh, you know, this is a, certainly a violation of constitutional rights, uh, InfoWars, Natural News, World Net Daily, these other non-controlled media outlets. They have a right to report the truth. So much has been exposed. You know, we've heard Hillary years ago saying we are losing the information war. That Hillary has been exposed so much due to InfoWars and other media outlets like that. You know, the, the Clinton crime cartel. Uh, the Bush crime cartel, for that matter, and people like Dick Cheney. I remember Dick Cheney was speaking at the Council on Foreign Relations. I saw it on YouTube, and he made this joke about, you know, when I was running for re-election back in Wyoming, no one knew that I was a member of the CFR, and the crowd, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, you know, I saw that. For some, it, yeah, if it weren't for some independent journalist uh, leaking that information and putting it on YouTube, we'd never know. How corrupt our government is, and how about when, when Hillary? They, there was a video of Hillary at the new CFR headquarters in D.C. or mm-hmm. whatever, saying, "Oh, I'm sick of going to New York to the mothership to get my marching orders." Did you see that one? Yes, I did, and she said it was it was good to have a, an an outlet there in Washington D.C. Uh, so that we can do what you people tell us to do. And, of course, those that have done the research know that the Council on Foreign Relations, that is the name of the Illuminati in America. And I learned that by it's... listening to a video on YouTube by a guy named John Todd, whose real name was Lance Collins. It's The CFR um, is actually the sister of the Royal Institute for International Affairs, now called Chatham House in England. It's really England's way of controlling our policy. And uh, and you can trace that if you want to get a cult or a secret society. That's a, another layer on top of that. I, I stopped doing that because there's so much red meat down here where we can actually control it. Um, thank you so much for the call, Dave. I am going to go to Bridget. Bridget, you are on with Monica. Hi, Monica. Hi, um, I, I am. This is the first time that I've ever called your station, but I am just surprised by the type of um, information that I'm hearing coming from your, um, you know, viewers. I, I, it's like what happened to common sense? It's like no one has any common sense to think for themselves. They have to go and um, look at YouTube videos. Uh, what do you reading. say? Be more specific. What's lacking well, in common sense? Give me an example. should have been banned, censored, and arrested and sued when he started the Pizzagate, right after the Pizzagate. He Hold on. Binkley's going nuts here. That, I have that's to let false. Binkley they didn't in. provide evidence to do that. I actually Hold saw on, when you talked about that. Knew, and if, if people knew that their source was such a liar as to start a Pizzagate and almost Wait, how do you know that Pizzagate isn't true? Because it, it I don't know either proven. way. What? It was it was proven to be a lie. How? Pizzagate. 
when people showed up to a pizza restaurant thinking that um, Hillary Clinton was trafficking young girls from a pizza restaurant? The Pizzagate thing, I don't think was Hillary trafficking young girls from a pizza place. I think it was the Podesta brothers doing something weird. I, I don't, I've looked at it. I can't tell whether it's true or false, so I moved on. Well, I think we all need to start thinking for ourselves and reading and investigating. And when someone puts out something so vicious and so incorrect, they should be sued. And I don't know why people don't turn oh, off. Oh, I agree with you, Bridget. They should be sued. They should be sued, not banned. They should be sued. Let's have it out in open court. Then we would know because Pizzagate, if it were true, if he could prove it was true, that's a defense. Binkley's going nuts here. I have to let him respond. Can I take a break first, Binkley, or can you do it in 10 seconds? Everything she's saying is has not been proven. They didn't show any of the videos of him saying that. I watched him talk about Pizzagate right after it happened, and he Alex immediately Jones? said that it was a honeypot, just like you. He said it was a honeypot, and they're lying and saying that he promoted it. Oh, yeah, because I personally think that Pizzagate was like a provocation to get people at each other's throats. That's what he said, no too. Huh? And that's what he said, too. And they're telling wow. people that he said that he was promoting it. He wasn't. Wow, that's so interesting. Well, let's continue this. I'm sure you have more to say, Binkley, but I've got to take a break. Um, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'd love to hear y'all's uh, uh, two cents on this, or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Now, there is a president who may have been elected, but the real man in charge lives several miles underground. On News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. I love those news drops. I think they're so funny. Um, <clears throat> so, this is a short segment. I don't have a lot of time. I, uh, I have Landon wants to, he says, you cannot monopolize information. And Justin says, Alex Jones is a vicious human being. I want to hear from both of those guys, and I want to give them the time that they need. So hopefully you guys can hang on till after the break. Uh, with uh, this little time, I'm going to let Binkley was triggered by the last call. So <laughs> what what was wrong with what Bridget was well, saying, look, Binkley? Vicious, vicious human being or no, not. Let's talk. Yeah, let's talk that, to that, Justin. That's the same after. thing that Bridget was saying. Right. It, it doesn't matter. You still need evidence. You still need due justice. You still need to evaluate. And they have subverted that process by uh, removing all the videos and just having big tech suppress. Um, but what Bridget was saying, the media reported this in a very specific way. They didn't just present the facts. Here's what happened. Alex Jones got banned. Blank, 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 blank. They all started with the same type of paragraph to do a propaganda technique that's called poisoning the well. And the way it works is they use these emotionally charged language and this demonization without providing evidence or links in order to short-circuit the thinking of the viewer so that when they read the corporate fascism that is this story, they don't care because they're so angry. So, right. So they're super mad. Yep. And then they read an article that if they had read it with a level head, they might not like what they're reading, exactly. which is what? What are they really reading? Well, here's here's how they presented it. Every first paragraph about the story said something like this. Alex Jones, the creator of InfoWars and the man who had a hand in spreading hoaxes online and 
including the unproven theories about Sandy Hook, that it was fabricated, and that there was a child abuse ring in a pizzeria, like Bridget just repeated, verbatim almost. And then they go, but that's not why he was banned from these platforms. He was banned for something else. So why did you even include that first paragraph then? The reason they did that is to trigger people's emotions, get them in a blinding state of outrage so that they don't see what real, what's really going on in the story. Can you tell me what's really going on in 30 seconds? What, what's really going on in the story, in my opinion, is they're creating a climate in America where um, people are okay with tyranny as long as the people being oppressed are on their media-fabricated tribal enemy. Okay. I think that's what's coming from the left. That's getting the left on board with curtailing of rights. And the right is going to get on board with regulating free speech because they'll think at least regulated free speech, I can't be banned. So everybody, it's your classic thesis, antithesis, synthesis. The synthesis is what the overlords want from the beginning, which is control of speech. This is Monica Perez. Hang on, Landon and Justin. This is getting good. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. So we are well into a very lively debate about whether Alex Jones, a, um, I don't know how to describe him, a famed conspiracy theorist, alt alt news person, I don't know, but he's very popular. I'm sure by now you know who he is. And, uh, and his content was removed from Apple, Google, Facebook, and then a cascade of others after that based on what they said was his hate speech. Um, and they, uh, but I'm not sure because they're not giving the examples of it. They took the videos down. Now you can't use those to figure it out. Not on their platforms anyway. And um, it's just hard to know. So let's, uh, let's get to some calls and see what you think. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Uh, I'm going to go to Landon in Woodstock. Uh, Landon, you're on with Monica. Hey. Uh, mostly I wanted to talk about ever since these issues have come up, people always refer to Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Google, all these people as monopolies. But you know, the thing is they traffic in information, right? And you can't – I don't think you can really monopolize information, even in places like North Korea where the media is controlled entirely by the state. They get media smuggled in from China and South Korea, right? And even though Alex Jones was removed from all these websites, right, he still has his own website, right? He isn't really silenced. He was silenced on their platform, right? Certainly they have a mass market share, and they control a large amount of media flow. But just off the top of my head, I could think of five other sites that are social media that have no connections to them. And even for, like, search engines, I can think of three other search engines that aren't Google or related to Google in any way. So I think this idea that they have a monopoly is, is really false. Well, I would say have- this. I would say, do you, are you aware of the various DARPA and CIA backing of the biggest big tech players? Are you familiar with that? Um, I'm slightly familiar with it, that, that they're somewhat in bed with them, yeah. Yeah, and I and if you go back to their history, it's clear to me, and I 
I absolutely invite people to do their own research, to look at some of the tweets I've sent out with the evidence and whatever, that they were deliberately, these companies were deliberately put in a position to absorb as much of uh, the, the alternative media traffic as possible to neutralize anybody outside of the big six media corporations, for example, in this new age of kind of anarchic information. And mm-hmm. that the purpose, then you can dig another level deeper and look at companies like Applied Mimetics or um, the Cognitive Infiltration Suggestion by Cass Sunstein, that these companies are not only used to neutralize the free speech of kind of alternative thinkers, but it's used to shape our understanding, manipulate our emotions and our ideas, and I would say fundamentally subvert democracy by controlling what we know so that it neutralizes democracy, but we still think we have it. I actually coined a new phrase, democracy is the opiate of the masses now, because we think that we know stuff. And if if the CIA is behind controlling the memes, controlling the information there, there. It doesn't maybe somebody there can be a voice in the wilderness on a smaller platform, but they are using our tax dollars and our mandates to secretly uh, control the democratic process from inside the government. Yeah, I would I would agree with you that they are using these sites. I'm simply just making the point that these sites are not the only place. They're certainly the largest, and I would not expect most people to know of sites outside of them because those sites have far less traffic. I'm I'm really saying that there are other sites you can go to. For example, uh, Alex Jones is yeah. booted, but he has his own site that you could go to. And I, I I agree. I understand your point, and I and I would just say that. Uh, I, I don't believe that this these monopolies are a market failure that um, are – see, those, those smaller sites, that smaller access, it would, I think, in the absence of the government promoting these big guys and giving them advantages and making sure they play ball and all that kind of stuff, in the absence of that, I think these little sites – uh, I think it would be an even playing field. I think there would be jillions of them, and and they would probably each tailor to specific uh, viewpoints already. And that, in mass overall, they would balance each other out. That there'd be some extreme left, some extreme right, and then everything in between. But as it gets concentrated at the top and systematized and all that, you you get the same thing you have with the political parties, Democrats and Republicans, and they all serve the welfare warfare super state. But the dressing is different, and what it does is it's, it kind of traps us into this, um, you know, dialectic or two. It's just you're one side or the other. Uh, Binkley's just got to gotta chime in here. Go ahead, Binkley. I agree with him that there are other platforms that people shouldn't limit themselves to one. But I think the bigger point is being missed here by by just the way that they talk about it. Because they don't want people to see the bigger point. It's not about Alex Jones. It's not about Sandy Hook. It's not about Pizzagate. Those are the emotionally triggering, polarizing subjects that are specifically being used to trigger people and prevent them from checking their emotions, stepping back, and critically thinking about the broad implications of the precedent that's being set. Alex Jones will be fine, but the smaller guy, the guy with a smaller channel, doesn't have the power or the money that Alex Jones has. When that person is 
when they say something that this big, massive media conglomerate doesn't like, they're not going to stand a chance. It's going to be a lot harder for them to recover. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. And that, and as far as, see, I, I believe, I think Alex Jones is a limited hangout. I think he's there to create this crisis so it's going to be resolved in a controlled way. It's Lenin's classic controlled opposition. And, uh, and if he were going to fight this to the death and say if it's a Sandy Hook issue, he's being sued by the Sandy Hook people, truth is a defense. So if he has evidence that he's right, boy, that would be amazing. You know, who knows why he really thinks that, right? So let's see it. Because I actually, the Posner's went after something I had on my site, which was just a photograph put out by the BBC of Noah Posner um, identified with a name as a victim of the Pakistani school massacre. Yeah. And I was like, this is weird. I actually just titled it, This is Crazy. And so then I started digging in. Why are these people after me? That was a BBC image, uh, blah, blah, blah. And, and you know, they, there's weird stuff around it. So so let's let's have it out in court. But you're never going to have it out in court. Right. And yeah. that's why yeah. when you look at Papa John, I think Papa John is fighting to get the audio released of what he was goaded into saying, according to him. I think he is really fighting the good fight. But I'd like to see if Alex Jones really fights tooth and nail to the death about this. Um, I want to go to Justin, but Binkley, if you have something else. Well, I think they're going to dismiss the legal case. If you look, if you research legal case, even if you read the, uh, the documents, um, there is no case. There is no because case no for defamation. Law? Because there's no law? No, because they don't have any evidence of what they're trying to prove. They, they just do not right, have a well, case. Well, you can't say that. I mean – From, from that, what I've read of the court for documents. The, for the, for, they're not going to dismiss a case for – you know what I mean? Like the, the court is designed to figure out if the evidence is there. Well, it's, he's, filed, no he's filed to have it dismissed. I think yeah, that ultimately yeah, okay. it probably will be. Maybe. Let's see. All right. Sorry, Justin. Justin, you're on with Monica. Hi. Uh, so I believe you guys are overthinking this. Um, we have to – we always have to look at the the answer with the least assumptions, right? And that uh, – I'm not going to – you want me to say right to that? I'm not going to say right. <laughs> well, I, well, here's what you I'm have saying. To, I'm you saying have to Apple, watch out for Apple, using assumptions, Google, yes. Okay, Apple and Google and YouTube – these – well, obviously, YouTube is under Google. But these platforms are huge about user experience. It, it's like it, it does not it, – they spend billions on user experience. And – it just happens that Alex Jones produces a negative user experience. He produces a lot of negative emotion. He's talking about And they all decided this on the same day and decided not to do it. Okay, but do you think that they have the absolute right to ban anyone? I'm not saying that. No. I'm saying Why not? They, Why don't they, they have a they have a they have a right to to controlling the user experience. So it, it, you know, if if there is someone on there spreading negative propaganda i'm not saying that's what alex jones is i'm i believe he's a vicious human being i believe what he talks about is 100 percent negative and in and, and, and false but i believe they have a right to to restrict certain certain uh propaganda if it means the the average user is, is receiving a worse experience so Remember, you're saying that if this is a strictly economic business decision for them they have the absolute right to restrict him is that what you're saying yes. Yes. I believe so. Yes, this is a free market, and this is this is something that I'm sure they they reviewed and they, but they probably said. Doesn't like the, the advertising doesn't like Alex Jones? 
doesn't the hits and the advertising, and plus it's a pull, so you don't need to experience Alex Jones unless you want to. He's very popular. He probably generates a lot of ads. It doesn't seem like it's the right business decision. It's just too popular, I, and you don't have to be exposed to it if you don't want to. I agree. I don't know the research they did, but I, I maybe they did research, and, and they found that if they ban Alex Jones, they will have a higher uh, you know, higher response rate among podcast. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know the the details. But all right, I'm, I mean, I'm I, I would, a- I would. Po- I'm sorry, I, Binkley has something to say. Go. The lesson, you know, I guess the lesson that we're going to take from this, at least what I'm starting to to see from it, is that if you want Apple to be willing to work with you, then you have to act less like Alex Jones and more like the Chinese government. I don't understand. The, they, their headquarters, one of their headquarters, moves, moved to the Chinese to China, and they work with China, who uh, has human rights violations. Uh, they're an oppressive government in many ways, but nobody cares about that. But they're okay that they're banning somebody for something that they're not even willing oh, to leave the evidence. That's online very to interesting prove. because I am desperate for. YouTube to engage its sensors at my request as a customer. They have 40,000 sensors. I put the child safety button on, and my son thinks Squidward is suicidal. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I, I it's just, it's. There's a lot of vile stuff on YouTube. I got to take a break. Uh, let's continue this conversation. Do you think Alex Jones should, does big tech have the right to ban Alex Jones? Should he be banned? 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. She's an anti-Terminator. Terminator? On News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. Uh, we're back. I am your libertarian on WSB. Uh, I, we're talking about Alex Jones and whether or not big tech has the right to censor him. Uh, there's, uh, we are having a very robust conversation. So, uh, Peter, Jacqueline, Haley, Ron, you're all, uh, I'm going to get to every call. Harold's been on the line the longest. So I'm going to go to Harold first. Uh, Harold, you're on with Monica. Hey, how y'all doing today? Good. I, I think my I think my whole uh, objective outlook on this is uh, first of all I've listened to Alex Jones and there's some truth in what he says. There's a lot of things I don't believe, but I have the right to pick and choose what I like about what he says and to investigate what he says. Um, I, I think my problem runs from <laughs> when you turn on the news; they have the four o'clock push that's been given to them, you know, the media runs the same stories on the same day, every single one of them. There's a reason for that. It's not that they all just decided to run that that particular story that day. It's because it's the 4 a.m. push. And so I think for anybody to be outside of that and that can actually give their opinion, I think to, to whenever you start to ban them, then you're also censoring the people that listen to them. Yes, and what you're talking about is if we can't be, I think, my position is, if we can't be trusted to understand the difference between truth and lies, if we can't be trusted to process information and apply our principles to it and determine facts and have a competitive press where we can get uh, all the nuances we're looking for, then you absolutely cannot have any kind of 
directly representative governments. And I, I hate to use the word democracy. People are like, it's not democracy, whatever. I'm just saying, if this is a, is a government formed by the people, how can we express that? How can we exercise our rights to self-governance without understanding the facts and applying the principles to them? We simply must be able to do that. Well, let me give a couple examples right quick. Um, Alex I don't Jones, have time you know, for that. You got to hang on then, Harold, till after the break because uh, I got to take a quick break, and then I'll get right. your examples. And uh, and also, Peter, Jacqueline, and Haley have a long segment coming up. So uh, if you just hang on, then we can continue this conversation. And uh, and I have open lines four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty one eight hundred WSB Talk. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Wait a minute. This is the future. On News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. I'm back. We're uh, talking about Alex Jones. Does big tech have the right to ban him? What does that mean? Is it a violation of his free speech? Is it an exercise of their property, private property rights? Is it just good business on their part? Uh, let's talk about it. I, I um, was just in the middle of a call. I'm going to let Harold... Um, Wrap it up, and then I'm going to try to do some rapid fire on uh, on the calls because people have some good insight here. I want to share it. So, Harold, you had said, um, which is a point I didn't want to gloss over, that the news cycle, which starts first thing in the morning and across networks, they talk about the same issues over and over again the same way. Uh, you're right. That's not an accident. They do it because they want to pick and choose the issues we talk about, and they want to frame our opinion of it, left and right. I absolutely, there's no distinction in my mind between their tactics and their goals. It's just their, uh, the ideology they peddle or pander to is different because they break up the audience. This is, but that's my kind of very, very high level thing. And, but we were talking specifically about Alex Jones. You were saying that anybody outside that cycle is valuable. And I would say that's true, even though I think uh, and you said that you believe some of the stuff Alex Jones says and, and you don't believe other stuff. I agree. He's had a lot of great stuff. One, one of my favorite videos of his is Ben Livingston on weaponized weather. He was a pilot during Vietnam, and he talks about how they brought the rains down to wash out the paths, and, uh, and we act like we can't control the weather, and this guy testifies that we can. Alex Jones brought us that. I really like that. But Alex Jones brings a lot of stuff that I think is not true, supports the military industrial complex but we have to engage our critical thinking or and i think have competition in media uh in or we or or we're simply not capable of self-governing at this level so our governor government needs to be smaller or whatever you are going to give me some other examples harold so go for that okay um years ago i watched a movie called the tail wax the dog yeah. uh, with robert de niro and that changed my, my the way I look at media altogether because it's manipulated, it's used by our government or by whatever agencies that want to use it to to make us think about certain things and keep us thinking from, from thinking about other things. You know, um, for example, uh, I look on the ACAN platform now to try and, you know, find out things that are maybe not mainstream that are actually going on that maybe have merit when I do my own investigation. I looked on Patriots Fight, and for months, you know, nobody said anything about Q or QAnon Pub for months. 
Then all of a sudden he's at the Trump rally, and all the media on the very same day come out and say the conspiracy theorists because they said something about Pizzagate. But see, what they do is they take things out of context. I agree with Justin. What they do is they put a little torture in the tail in the beginning of the story to get your emotions flowing. Because basically what was said was there's a lot of pedophilia terminology that the FBI in the Podesta emails that about pizza, and they use those things uh, as a way to kind of talk in code to each other. So there's a lot of fishy stuff that went on along with the Podesta emails and the pizza gate. And the guy that owns the place is one of the top 25 most influential people in Washington, D.C. I mean, there's a reason why. Well, yeah, there's, I, there's something behind it. Yeah. I would say that uh, you have to go through this stuff. You have to use your common sense, as we've been told. You have to use your critical abilities. You have to actually look for evidence, look for facts. There is a ton of disinformation out there. There is a you were talking about how the government you saw wag the dog. You see that the government does this stuff on purpose brought to us by Hollywood. Why did they even tell us about it? But they did. Uh, I think it goes a little deeper even than you think in that some of this stuff, uh, Pizzagate might just be what Binkley and I were talking about earlier, a honeypot or a a distraction from from other pedophilia scandals that um, could be more easily proven. Uh, I don't know. But the government does do this stuff. Cognitive infiltration, as promoted by Cass Sunstein, is a way to confuse the facts on purpose. Now, uh, and there's uh, something called Applied Memetics. It's a company that works for the government to promote certain ideas among populations. Uh, and and that stuff should actually be illegal. And and Smith Munt uh, is a is a congressional act that now allows the government to propagandize the domestic population. So. The government is allowed to intentionally mess with our ability to get facts. And that, of course, they are doing for their own purposes, which is I consider that to be a violation of the First Amendment because it's 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 making the free press not free anymore. And that's why these monopolies that can be uh, that can be controlled by the government or whatever single actors in the I don't like to throw around the word monopoly loosely as a person who respects uh, certain elements of economic theory. Um, they it, it subverts the First Amendment, and that should be banned. And if Alex Jones is a disinformation agent, then he should not be allowed yeah. to put that false information out there. But if he is just doing what you're doing, Harold, and trying to figure out the truth, and you may be right, you may be wrong, and then I think about what you're saying, Harold, or what Alex is saying, and I try to figure out, some people are going to come one way, some people are going to come out the other way. And in the end, as with all kind of randomness, it'll it'll just shake out. The people who go to the extremes will just shake out. That's how it used to be. But now we're being manipulated. You can say what you want, Binkley, and then I'm just going to go rapid fire through these calls if I can. No, I absolutely agree with what you were saying right there. If there, if he, they have the standard and he violated the standard, show us the standard, show us the evidence that you say exists and measure it against your standard, make your case. Yes, and that's and that's another way the government is undermining our ability to exercise our First Amendment rights by, with public education, they propagandize us up the wazoo, as my father used to say, and also they have um, they are not helping us 
with critical thinking yeah. in the civic con- context. They'll do it with science, but they won't do it with rhetoric. And that is the difference between classical education and modern education, and it, and it finds its origin in the public schools. There you go. I hear you're, amen, you're snapping sister. your fingers. I, I'm all with you right your, there. <laughs> your amen snaps. All right. Let's go through this in the order in which you called. So let's go to Peter in Atlanta. You are on with Monica. Yeah, hey, Monica. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Good, good. So basically I just wanted to kind of kind of back up what Harold was saying and how fishy it was uh, after that Trump rally with QAnon. And then all of a sudden the next day, every single media outlet out there is using the same headline about how QAnon is all uh, a bunch of uh, conspiracy theorists when in reality there's a bunch of patriots who are tired of the corruption and they're trying to uncover the truth. And, um, you know, the the current trend over the past two years has been silencing conservatives. You look at who is in control of all of these huge companies like Google, Facebook, Twitter, all they're all liberals in control of all these companies. So it's no surprise that you see the the trend of silencing conservatives. And if I might cite one example, um, I'm not sure if you know who Candace Owens is, but she's a, a, a conservative black woman who's uh, been really outspoken lately. And uh, she spoke about the, the New York Times uh, new writer, new editor for New York Times, who is this incredibly racist uh, Asian woman. And uh, she's been posting all sorts of incredibly racist rants on Twitter well, Candace Owens came out and wrote one of her Twitter posts verbatim, word for word, but swapped out the word white for black and Jewish. <laughs> and her Twitter account was immediately suspended for 24 hours and cut off. Well, and Binkley's all, hold on. So many Peter. examples of that. Hold on. Binkley has been all over these things that you're talking about. And didn't you play for me? Candace Owen was in a coffee shop. I played this clip the other day. That's not the one I'm talking about. But go ahead. Oh, she was in a coffee shop. Uh, and uh, some Antifa people came outside and just started shouting at her, yep. F the bourgeoisie, which is straight up a communist uh, <laughs> slogan. And then they started shouting F white supremacy. This is an African-American woman that they're shouting this at. Uh, exactly. but, you, but what you did, Binkley, was you also sh- played me a clip from CNN of one of their panelists oh, saying yeah. you can't be a racist – if you're speaking truth to power. Yep. She so said, yeah. so if it's if what the New York Times woman tweeted is not a violation of hate or racism because it was against whites. I, I hate going down this road. We're forced to yeah. discuss this everything in racial terms. It just irritates me as a libertarian because it's talking about everybody as a collective. Binkley has something else to say. I'd have to ask you a question, Peter, so don't hang up. I have and to I say. I guess rapid fire is a fantasy on this show. <laughs> I, I, I rarely compliment Don Lemon, but Don Lemon's handling of that interview with the, the woman who refused to acknowledge that there was some racism in those tweets. Don Lemon, actually, he, he was uh, saying, come on, let's be honest. So we'll credit oh, to Don Lemon. Good for Don Lemon. You have to every once in a while you have to throw a bone to <laughs> rational thought, I guess. So Peter, I want to know what you think the right solution is. You're you're talking about uh, that the the silencing is purely against or whatever, predominantly or increasingly against conservatives. Do you have a solution in mind? I think it just comes down to the First Amendment. You either have free speech or you don't. You need to give American citizens the right to choose what they want to look at and do the research for themselves. I think it's a very slippery slope when you start allowing the, in some cases, radical left-wing liberals uh, who are in charge of these social media companies to 
you know, decide what is hate speech and what isn't. And, uh, I mean, there's even been some senators and prominent congressmen who have come out and backed up these, uh, these you know, shadow bans and, and uh, canceling these Twitter accounts. And it, it, it doesn't – it's no surprise because you think about who stands to win, who stands to gain from silencing these people. And it all – I mean, it all starts to make sense when you think about who stands to gain from it. I, I love your answer, Peter, because uh... – you're not falling for the dialectic. The way I see this thing playing out is the left says ban Alex Jones because he's just too awful to be tolerated. So it's rather it's rather um, natural for the left to say the ends justify the means. And although I'm in favor of free speech, some free speech or like I'm in favor of the Sixth Amendment, Bill Cosby's just too bad, too bad a guy. He did too bad a thing. We know rules are rules, but right is right. We know Get rid of that. And then on the right, the right's reaction to this is supposed to be this is a step too far. Conservatives are the only ones being suppressed. The First Amendment, yes, we love it. It's good. But let's define it a little more clearly with a regulation or an act. It's how people have like religious freedom laws they're promoting. Georgia, I believe, in the Constitution has religious freedom. You do not need to any any redundancy of that is bound to expanded or limited or whatever. You you want to stick to the principles. And that's what you are suggesting, Peter. So you're not really falling for the trap, which is the left and the right are both supposed to come together and say the First Amendment in the modern age. The First Amendment just isn't isn't good enough. I'm getting collect uh, snaps of approval from Binkley. Uh, all right, so um, I'm going to take a quick break. I hate to do this. I literally thought I'd get through every <laughs> single call, but I will get to every single call, and I and they all look great. So hang on. 800 WSB Talk. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Everything you do is being watched by some all-seeing eye. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Perez. Um, all right, let's get to some Binkley and I were really get into it on the commercial breaks. And uh, he needs to mute my uh, FaceTime there. OK, um, he's uh, he's on another call, I guess. Anyway, so <laughs> focus, people. Sorry, Jacqueline. I'm sorry. Let's bring us back to Earth, Jacqueline. What do you got? Hey, Monica. What I wanted to say, hey, um, this is ATL Connector. And two, um, I mentioned this on uh, Twitter as well, but um, do you think that if Alex Jones had, for entertainment purposes only, um, in quotations, that that would uh, change people banning him? Uh, Do you think they'd have the same stance to stand on? That's a very interesting question. So uh, if it's if it's a parody, right, don't parodies and satires Mm -hmm. have all sorts of uh, liberties? Binkley, what do you think? I think they should. 
I know that I've done parodies that have been instantly demonetized. Oh, okay. So it wouldn't it wouldn't matter. It yeah, should, but not yeah. being totally banned though, you weren't. That's totally true. That's true. Because of it, it was just like demonetized. But who cares? People, when people go to search for him, they search for him anyways. Yeah, so. I think. But I, I think what you're bringing up actually points out what I believe is a great demonstration of the double standard. When you, like Binkley, you play for me all the time, Jimmy Kimmel and uh, Colbert. <laughs> they're they're not even trying to be funny. They're just making these political statements, right. and it's and it can be hateful. You had, Michael Moore was on Colbert. Uh, I think he was inciting violence. He was like, absolutely literally inciting violence, and nobody says anything about that. So it seems to me there's a, a major double standard, and uh, things like well, it's just humor or whatever is <laughs> can be an excuse. Yeah. So anyway, well, thank you, Monica. Yes, Thanks thank deeply. you. Appreciate it. Have I love day. tweeting with you. <laughs> That's ATL connector. Um, she's a local Atlanta conservative. Go. Colbert came out the next day. See, Colbert used to do these Tuck Buckford things a long time ago. Then Andrew Jones countered with his own parody, and he dwarfed Colbert in views. And Colbert stopped doing his. He stopped cold because he made him look foolish until Alex Jones was banned. Then the next day, Colbert does his Tuck Buckford parody again when the other person has been removed from the platform and can't roast him back. That is a cowardly move that was completely celebrated. Wow. You know, I wonder if these guys can stand up. See, this is the thing. I take calls, right? So we can um, – we were called out, we're called out. You have to be able to defend yourself. And if you, in that situation, it becomes very clear if you have thoughts, you know what I mean? It's a lot. When you look at these guys, you want to believe Jimmy Kimmel, Colbert, all this kind of stuff. You want to, you develop a relationship with them face to face that makes you trust them. That's their skill. It's like politicians. It's, it's, acting and politics and stuff it's like lying you know and if you're great at it and can really take people in then you're successful but but if somebody else is doing your writing for you then uh and and you can't take any counter punches i think it's very telling that there's an agenda at work there's some puppetry there uh anyway so uh richard you've been very patient you're up next and John, 404-872-0750. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Please take my hand. Now open your mind to me. Please open your mind. Open your mind. Open your mind. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. And we have we are well into our discussion about whether or not Alex Jones should be banned from big tech. Uh, Does big tech have the right or obligation to ban him? Is he is are they violating his free speech or are they simply exercising their private property rights? So that's the question. Uh, so there's so much to so many 
nuances, so many rights and questions, real issues that require some thought and analysis. And we have been having a great discussion about this. If you've missed it so far, uh, my producer Binkley here will put up the podcast as soon as it's available, commercial free, probably Tuesday at PropagandaReportDaily.com. You can get all our podcasts and um, of this show. And then we also do stuff, uh, uh, regular podcasts. But um, this is the live show, taking calls, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. I'm going to take a couple of calls, and then uh, I want to read, I really feel like reading the whole darn article. Um, let me tell you the just the title of the article. This is on the Huffington Post. Alex Jones' free speech, in quotes, scare quotes, uh, shouldn't be your primary concern. And it goes from there. So let us go to uh, Richard and Ackworth. Richard, you are on with Monica. Yeah, I'll try to be brief. Um, I, I'm just wondering why everybody's creating such a big uproar when the social media controls who gets on their platforms, yet nobody gets on broadcast journalists or the print media for controlling who gets on their platforms. That's a fantastic point. I mean, it is absolute. And I would say, you know, now that you make that point, that it's an extension of the same phenomenon, which is they are propagandizing us. They are censoring. They are controlling that message. And in the big six news conglomerates, whatever, mainstream media that we get uh, you know, projected out of the glowing box 24-7, it's very clear what they're – I think it's very clear what they're doing, but, but but the majority of voters, I would say the majority of voters believe the majority of what they hear from cable uh, news. But it's very clear what they're doing there, and I would say they're actually doing the same thing now. Would you agree with that, Richard? Oh, absolutely. And nobody raises a fuss. Nobody says anything when they keep people off of their platforms – Yet everybody's going to jump on social media for doing the very same thing. I mean, and what do you think is the answer? How do you? How do we get the real facts that we need? Monica, the problem is we don't have an educated populace. They do not want to do their own research. They don't care. They hear it. It must be true. That's it. Yeah, I, and, and I, that's, that's a sad point we've reached, but that's where it is. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that a big part of this is the is. Uh, when I see, because I have kids in all different schools, Catholic, secular, private, and uh, public, and I see, I'm really seeing uh, a lot of profound differences in all those, although uh, across the board, schools are influenced by Common Core and the general level of propaganda in the world, but they're showing, the kids are uh, really being propagandized on the one hand, and because the propaganda is so ham-handed, they can't really teach them how to analyze it. And as a matter of fact, Common Core takes the concept of analyzing it right out of the out of the equation because uh, maybe it's not specifically Common Core, but a lot of this testing and everything, I've used this example before, quoted my son before and saying, and my daughter chimed in in total agreement, oh, all these standardized tests I've been taking, I've been learning so much from the reading comprehension sections. <laughs> so the reading comprehension sections are supposed to be, you know, if the the questions aren't, is this statement true or false? It's, uh, 
where is that does the statement appear in the passage so you're not evaluating the truth you're assuming it's all true so they're really taking an analysis out while they're propagandizing the kids i agree that's the fundamental problem and so under the guise of educating us by requiring public education mandating it forcing it they're saying that oh without it we'd all be ignorant of course without it we would be less ignorant even if we couldn't read we would be less ignorant because we're we're being fed disinformation and i and it's not beyond i think it's it's in evidence that alex jones propagates disinformation at a deeper level of um you know this the operation of the total information state but the issue of whether or not big tech should and can ban him is a real one that we should be looking at. And, of course, I will always come down on the universal application of fundamental principles. So we need to separate business and state. So big tech should not be operating on platforms paid for or fostered by the government. And freedom of speech should not be uh, uh, limited based on... I think he's obviously being limited because he's propagating narratives that conflict with the official narrative that supports the welfare warfare superstate. So that's nothing new. <laughs> you know how I think about these things. I'm going to John in Atlanta. Hi, John. Uh, you're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. I just wanted to point out a couple things. Um, I, I think a good question here would be what exactly did he get banned for? Yes, and, exactly. And, it, and and I just wanted to say that there is there is people on the other side like this new lady that works at the New York Times or wherever said some disgusting things about people and their accounts are constantly like up and almost promoted. You know what I mean? So I want to know who pushes this man is Alex Jones has been on YouTube on these platforms for going on 15 years now. He was successful before that, but um, and why all of a sudden now, right before these midterm elections? is this push who pushes for him to be banned off that and and why isn't the the standard held for the same size you know and when they kick him off for this stuff it's almost like it has a reverse effect of what they think it's going to do because people end up just going directly to his website he his name gets popular you know what i mean dude and john <laughs> it's like you and binkley are the same person like if you could hear sometimes you can hear us on the commercial breaks if you could hear us on the commercial breaks binkley's been was taking off all those i hope binkley that you wrote down what john was saying because i'm gonna let you address it one by one well he was talking about the streisand effect at yes, the end there yes. where barbara streisand didn't want anybody knowing where her house was somebody had taken pictures of it and they posted it online and i believe she sued them because she was trying to keep it a secret and by suing them it caused an uproar and everybody went and looked to see where her house was so it's a similar thing and i, I, I think it might be on purpose though see because oh, you know yeah. i think that alex jones is a double agent so why would they try to ban him i think that maybe they're promoting him it's Quite possible. I mean, Alex Jones is going to be okay. I'm certain that he is making a ton of money off of this. Yeah, and I'm not trying to argue that point. I don't care if people believe me. I'm just saying I'm. Ta- I, yeah. we're having this discussion completely outside whether I like or dislike Alex Jones, yeah, which yeah. is so hard for people to get. Not right. Obviously, people are calling. Understand that we're having a 
discussion here, but but the emotionalism out there, people always think, like, why do you hate Trump? Why do you love Trump? Why do you hate Alex Jones? Why do you love Alex Jones? I don't hate or love. We're talking. The, yeah, I know. The, <laughs> the world is not a playing card. It's not two-dimensional, you know, one right. side or the other. It's we can You can uh, not like Alex Jones, and you can also not like what they did to him. That is possible. Yeah. And so – so what did and that's that's where the left should be ashamed of itself because there used to be uh, the anti-war left is gone the pro labor union pro labor let's just say pro labor left is gone um, because there's a tension between that and immigration stuff and the civil libertarian left which I think libertarians cannot be on the left because the welfare state is contrary to freedom but there there is a sincere uh left philosophy yeah. that wants civil rights but these people are abandoning all their principles because they're being emotionally triggered but i, I want you to address some of the other st- stuff john said like what exactly did alex say and and uh yeah. and isn't aren't there other people who are worse and what what's with the timing here well a, a couple of things he mentioned he was talking about who pushed it out there who was trying to get him removed cnn msnbc those two predominantly i know of have been pushing openly pushing to get him removed from those platforms for a couple of months now. Oh wait, wait! This folds in with your you found those two year old Hillary clips. Yeah, and then the seller. Let's do that in the long segment at the bottom of the hour. So finish what you're saying, and let, let we'll get to those clips after, yeah. which will tie this all up in a bow. So you have these major media networks openly advocating to have him re- removed. They were like challenging uh, Facebook um, employees and uh, YouTube employees. Why haven't you removed him yet? Why are you allowing this? Now well, that's that, always a sign of insecurity when you want to silence the opposition. Also, there were Democrats in Congress when they uh, – one of the – a couple of the Facebook employees were testifying on Capitol Hill. It wasn't Zuckerberg. It was some of the other ones. They were saying, so how many strikes is he going to get before you remove him? Why is he still on the site? So there was c- congressmen and women – who were advocating to have him removed. So here you have big tech, you have big media, and you have people in Congress uniting together to openly say, get them off. Isn't that the definition of fascism? Exactly. The government, the corporation (laughs) join together to promote business and restrict rights. And the end, you know, when when fascism does include socialism. So they take their ill-gotten gains and they silence you with bread and circuses. Yeah, and this is what people need to remember. It's not about Alex Jones. It's about what you just said right there because there's going to be a point in time where you're going to disagree with what you see in the news. And if you speak out about that and they decide they don't want you talking, those three are going to get together again and you're going to be gone regardless of what side you're on. Right. And and if but if things go as they are, very few people will be left who can think. Right. And, <laughs> so, but yes, and you can finish, but we got to go. They've conditioned us to, to not to be so angry and so bloodthirsty with this trial battle. People don't care that they subvert the justice system. They, don't, they go, I don't care that they're not presenting actually any evidence because he's a monster. So just get rid of him. Yeah, the ends justify the means is really what what that is amounting to. Think about I'll let you guys ponder that during the break while you listen to the great commercials. I'm not belittling our fair sponsors. And then after the break, I want to talk to Vince, who said it's reminiscent of Malcolm X. Let's oh, uh, let's get into that. I like that. And um, and then at the bottom of the hour, I want to play your clips. And I would love to read that uh, scathing article. <laughs> this is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. And now for something completely different. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. 
Continuing this conversation about the uh, um, Alex Jones, his speech being suppressed. If you, I think you know what we're talking about by now. Even if you just tuned in, you can catch up. But I am absolutely eager to hear what caller Vince has to say. Let's get to that right away. Hey, Vince, you're on with Monica. Yeah, hey, Monica. Um, I, uh, I, this, all of this discussion reminded me of uh, the book, uh, The Autobiography of Malcolm X. Great book. And in it, he talks about how when um, he was very controversial, uh, the left really pushed for him to be able to speak at Harvard and Columbia and, and other things like that. And, uh, you know, you just talked about um, the, you know, the, the traditional left. Um, and now it's just the opposite. When, um, when you've got controversial speakers, the left wants to shut them down, uh, doesn't want it to air the discussions. You know, and the funny thing is, it was Malcolm X coming and speaking at Harvard and, and Columbia that engaged people in conversations that actually ended up changing people's minds. But they want to do literally the opposite thing right now. And, you know, I, I'm going to um, take this to another level and say it even changed this this process that Malcolm X went through is a demonstration of what we need to do here. So he changed his own mind as well. He he took the intellectual journey that the search for truth brought him on. So in the beginning, he was vitriolic and uh, and did see things in terms of racial hatred. I don't want to oversimplify his message. I agree with you. Read that book. It was great. It really moved me. And then when he took the next level, because if you keep searching for truth, you will get through, you'll break through that stuff. So then he found, he said, oh, that isn't really the problem. There's a different problem. And that's when he got killed because he saw through the deeper truth. And, you know, there's somebody local whose politics, my guess is, on every single solitary issue I would disagree with. But Cynthia McKinney is a local politician who had the courage of her convictions and kept going for the truth and going for the truth. And you love it until, even if it's controversial, until it hits where the bread is buttered or whatever. And, and uh, through its tumultuous career, I think at the end, maybe she was districted out of a spot. I think she calls it being McKinney. But I'm saying I don't, I don't have to agree with her or Malcolm X or, or anybody in particular. But what you need is the honest search for truth, self-honesty, Binkley. And I think Binkley had to say something about that. You, you said you something really important right there is if we put the search for truth, the continued search for truth truth as our primary objective above all else as opposed to the desire to satisfy these tribal urges that the media is propagating within us, then we will all be better off. And we will have to become uncomfortable because there will be times in the search for truth that we are wrong, and that's uncomfortable, but that also enables us to grow because right now in the state that the country's in, nobody's growing, nobody's learning, nobody's evolving, nobody's reaching a higher level of consciousness with this type of conversation. And you know that that uncomfortable because you're wrong thing, yeah. that's actually, in my experience, just a membrane that once you're pe- you've penetrated that and you're on the other side of it, yep. it doesn't hurt to be wrong. You love it. Your your mind is growing, and that's the kind of thing we should be going through as kids in school, yeah. penetrating a personal connection to some idea that you may or may not be able to prove, and then say, "Well, that's immature." Rise above that, and then we can have a real civic 
a civically responsible body politic. That's how we get to the fifth dimension. If we, That's how we grow together, you know? Agreed. And I know you wanted to compliment John, the previous caller. Thank you, Vince, for that great call. We're doing it right now, so it's being done. Yeah. Don't fall for it. And uh, But let's continue this. We've got a few good tidbits for you coming up next. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. It's like everything I've been brought up to believe is all made of bull****. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. This is Monica Perez. I know I love the new drops. Alicia, thank you very much. I particularly like these movie ones. I love when people compliment me, so I appreciate those too. But these ones just crack me up. Uh, so thank you for that. And um, Binkley, we so we have been, my producer Binkley, of course, if you're just tuning in. I've never tuned in before. Binkley's the one who brings all these great clips that trigger me and He's always trolling, not trolling in the sense of harassing people, but trolling, maybe trolling for stuff uh, from the left to. I like to call it intelligence gathering insight. There you go. Sorry, I'm not not trying to use pejoratives in your direction, (laughs) but you bring this stuff and it's interesting and I don't hear it anyplace else. And, And one of the calls earlier, Vince and John brought us two calls, brought us uh to a point where I want to, I want, you were telling me about something coming full circle and I wasn't fully grasping it until, uh, as the show has progressed, I understand more and more, but tell me in a nutshell what you're saying and then give me the clips that support it. Okay. Brian Stelter, it's related to Hillary Clinton. Brian Stelter is a CNN CNN, anchor. he has reliable sources. On Sunday morning, he, during his show, and I have a clip, he, he talked about how the Trump and his allies implying Alex Jones, he always talks about Alex Jones too, that they are spreading a movement of hate across America. And he said that the morning that they were banned, later that day, Apple bans them for hate speech. So there's a similar theme there. Then I heard Pod Save America. Which is what again? Pod Save America is a very popular podcast. It now has a series on HBO that is hosted by former Obama aides, including his speechwriter. It's okay. a propaganda outlet is Got what it, it is. And they said some similar things that Stelter said and even cited one of the examples of uh, – they cited an, an example of like hate speech on the internet that I it, – it, it hit me and I was like they're repeating the same thing that Hillary Clinton – said in her famous alt-right speech in August of 2016. I went back and watched the speech. Do you have – we did a whole show on that, I think, Mm -hmm. where we basically anticipated a lot of how this propaganda was going to unfold. And I wonder maybe by the end of the show you can figure out the episode number. I think that was around when she introduced the idea of like a basket of deplorables. Yes. It was that. And and, um, so it would be nice to be able to get – to go back and listen to that, I think, for some people. Go ahead. Well, she kind of introduced, like, her whole, the whole theme of that speech is that Donald Trump is, she actually ends a speech saying that he wants to make America great again, seems like he wants to make America hate again. And she set the theme that we would be hearing for the next two years that has kind of come full circle, starting with Brian you know, Stelter. It's that kind of stuff. If you and I go back and forth on this, I go back and forth on whether there are really two factions. They're all working for the welfare, warfare, super state, globalist, bankers, blah, blah. I totally think the military industrial complex is ruling the Western world and all the money and blah, blah. But is it 
are they really are there really two parties fighting for the corners the way the mob families do within the larger context of the mob or are they all pretending to be two sides in order to launch these dialectics that get us to compromise in this um in this tyrannical system and when i hear her setting the stage for the theme of trump's uh trump's administration or whatever at least the way the left is presenting it i either think they're all in on it together or these guys know that having the opposition in power is a great opportunity to consolidate and grow your base. And I got that because somebody told me once a long time ago in radio when I was uh, lamenting that Obama looked like he was going to get reelected. Not that I want a Republican instead, but that Ron Paul wasn't winning. Uh, They said, oh, but as a radio host, you got to love having Obama in office because then that gives you all sorts of stuff to talk about. And I was kind of horrified that somebody would put it in such pragmatic terms when I'm, you know, I'm I'm here to exchange ideas, you know, and I was like, yeah, so I can see how they would be a little bit um, manipulative like that. Lenin, the Stalin, that was a major that was a major thing. You can gain power like if you're far from power, the further you are from power, if you can uh, if you're a community organizer, this is what they talk about in the communist literature, then the then the more you can just propagate and you can further your agenda when when the other person is in power. Yeah, and you can see it actually with Republicans, too, because they're like, oh, we need to cut spending. And then, like, without, uh, you know, like a tree falling in the forest with no one there to hear it, there's $1.3 trillion deficit. <laughs> and nobody well, seems to know where it came from. <laughs> so they're desperate to lose power so that they can keep the spending yeah, yeah, and yeah. the rhetoric going. So they anyway. can be the people on the outside fighting the man. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they're Which is us. ironic this time because the people who think they're fighting the man are siding with uh, the the apparently now moral authorities of America, the largest corporations in the world. That's real rock and oh, roll I know. resistance. Yes, big tech save us. One more thing about the Hillary Clinton speech. That's also the speech where she introduced to the world Alex Jones. She introduced the people who, did, who weren't aware of Alex oh. Jones. Alex Jones. This is really coming full circle. Yeah, the Streisand effect was so clear. That, I think, is what we emphasize. I was like, you know what? Alex Jones had no legitimacy at all. And I remember before that, well before that, maybe a year before that, on Bill O'Reilly, somebody referred to somebody, an Alex Jones uh, guy disrupting a news press conference or whatever. And Bill O'Reilly said, oh, who's Alex Jones? And, And the chick was like, oh. He's the worst. You should never. No one should Google Alex Jones right now. <laughs> you know? And I was yeah. just like, really? Who is this Alex Jones? Don't think about a pink elephant. <laughs> exactly. It's like when Mario Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo's father, was governor of New York. When I was a teenager, he was like all about the crack epidemic. And I was like, what's crack? You know, my dad's <laughs> like, what's crack? You know? <laughs> I'm like, but I, I heard the governor. Anyway, truly. Interesting. I know it's a, it's it was a you know growing up in New York, you get exposed to some crazy stuff. So keep going with your. Uh... Well, okay, she... so you're gonna play these clips for us, right? I, I can play them. Yeah, aren't you? Or yeah, was that, that not the plan? Let's do that. Let's play. Let's first play Brian Stelter's, which was Sunday, and then we'll then we'll play. No, play you know. Hillary's first. Oh, you want to hear Hillary's yeah. first? Okay, here is Hillary. This is 2016 in Reno. Um, I remember this when she was wearing a pants. He says he wants to make America great again, but more and more it seems as though his real message 
seems to be make America hate again. Wow. Like you listen to her and you think that no one's voting to hear that voice for four years. I'm not trying to be uh, uh, obnoxious or like I'm a hater, but there's just, you know, just such something totally so uncharismatic about it. It's almost like lose on purpose. Well, let's listen to her one more time. Okay. Donald Trump has built his campaign on prejudice and paranoia. He is taking hate groups mainstream. Okay, and finally, this will be the last Hillary that will play today's clips. It's also what happens when you listen to the radio host, Alex Jones, who claims that 9-11 and the Oklahoma City bombings were inside jobs. He even said, and this really just is so disgusting, He even said the victims of the Sandy Hook massacre were child actors and no one was actually killed there. I don't know what happens in somebody's mind or how dark their heart must be to say things like that. I need to. Can I address that? Go ahead, please. Okay. How dark their heart must be to say things like this. Let's think about this for a second. (laughs) If he thought that little children died at Sandy Hook and said that, that would be a sick, nasty thing. Agreed. But if he thinks that children were not killed there and that this is a serious subversion of government, that would be a rational, even a virtuous thing to say. Yeah, if he believes that it is true. And so what's the answer? To have evidence, I would say. Exactly. I would agree. Rhetorical. Evidence. And Oklahoma City, dude, you don't want to peel that onion. If you if you don't have a strong constitution, there is a – I forget the guy's name. You can find it in a flash. Although post-Parkland, if you can't find stuff like this in a flash anymore on YouTube. But there was a general, a demolitions expert that came out immediately on OKC and said, oh – let me show you why the official story simply cannot be true. These internal support beams of the Oklahoma City thing were not did not come down in a radius around the bomb, which is how it would absolutely had to have happened if the official story was true. Some beam in the back of the building collapsed and one in front of it did not collapse. So there's another answer. Let's get to that. And uh, Oklahoma City is just is just you just don't want to go down that. Look, if there's something that they aren't going to put up with. It's evidence because evidence would <laughs> help people actually come to solid conclusions. Yeah, my guess is that guy isn't around for interviews anymore. Um, right, okay, so give me Stelter. Let's hear Stelter. This is Brian Stelter. Stelter? Last this is Sunday, how much I watch CNN. Okay. He's a CNN host of Reliable Sources, the most unreliable show on uh, CNN. And <laughs> he said this before Apple came out later the day, later in that day and made their, um, their statement. More and more, I think, hate movement is the proper term for what's going on. Hmm. President Trump is not just telling his fans to ignore what we report. He's telling people that we are the enemy. Trump and some of his allies are promoting a hate movement against the American press. Wow, it sounded... Hillary sounded like a man in that clip. (laughs) Yes, he echoes her, but I have to add two things that he brings out. One is that he's implying that the press is a protected group... You know what I mean? Like, he's hating us. And I also can't help but think with the hate, 
is that it's like that famous, uh, I would like to say it was a learned hand decision, but it might have been Oliver Wendell, I can't remember, <laughs> um, that he said, I can't, I, I forget who it was, who said, I can't describe porn, but I know it when I see it. I feel like hate is like that. I can't describe hate. Jim Acosta did not <laughs> to make that Supreme Court ruling. But um, that hate... You know, hate is like that, so yeah. that the New York Times chick or the CNN panelist who says, well, it's not hate if the object is white. It's only hate if the subject is white. Yeah, and that is the perfect way to really stir up and, and try to make <laughs> people hate. It's terrible. That's how a dialectic is born. You know, like like making sure that everybody on both sides can be vehemently opposed right. to what the other person is saying. I want to point something out about Stelter there that you said. I don't have the clip on me, but he did this in this episode. Trump d- has never said that the press is the enemy of the people. He has said that fake news is the enemy of the people. And Brian Stelter in this episode put up Donald Trump's tweet yes! where he says the I fake news that. is the en- are the enemy of the people. Yes. He read the tweet, and then after reading the tweet, he said Donald Trump said that the press, journalists, are the enemy of the people. I think you played that for me on a podcast that we did. I wish you had the episode for that. So we're going to take a break and find if you could, because that was really fascinating how they were um, misconstruing Trump's words. After the break, if we have time, we're going to do find out the episode number for that, for the Hillary thing. And then I'd like to read a couple of passages from this crazy article Uh, coming up next. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Maybe something really cool that. I don't even know about, you know. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We are wrapping it up, and I got to tell you, I just can't believe I arranged my summer so poorly. I am taking next week off to go to the Jersey Shore with my mom and my family. She's 89 and a half. She'll still <laughs> throw the half in. And, uh, and I got to do 90. It. She's she has actually said she's 90. So I think it's funny that she's still lying about her age (laughs) to be older. Try to get some credibility. because She's 90. I'm 90. I'm not one of these 89 year olds. I'm 90. So uh, anyway, I I just did a bad job scheduling. So I am not I squandered what might be my last three hour show for the season. I'm very sorry about that. Fortunately, and then I'll be back. I'll probably be on Sundays during football season, which is great. I love that. Thank you, WSB. And uh, but if you if you have the Jones for Perez and Binkley, there's uh, we have over a hundred recent, like the past year or two, podcasts, um, all commercial free of this show and of the podcast we do. So Binkley, why don't, well, you can go to propagandareportdaily.com to get that, but we were referring to two. Do you know the episode numbers of the two I wanted to direct people to earlier? I don't have them on me right now, but I'm going I, to find them, and I will get them out okay, later. Well, this will get people to follow you on Twitter, at Freedom Acts Radio. Yes, it's a good idea. And he'll send that out. And I am at Monica Perez Show, and I tweeted out the same article like three times with different commentary earlier this week. But I want to read you some passages of it. I actually have a little bit of time here. So uh, this is uh, a, it's an article called Alex Jones free speech shouldn't be your primary concern. It's from Huffington post, but if it's from an Atlanta local, Anoa Changa, who I was reading this article, sharing it, shared it with Binkley only to discover that he'd actually played clips of her. She's a local activist. I thought she was a local lawyer, but she's an activist. Um, And lawyer. 
And lawyer. Okay. And uh, and she's with Netroots Nation. And, and weren't you saying that she she was the one who were who was defending or even spearheading the effort to shout down Stacey Evans? She was one. Of, yeah, she was part of the group that shouted down Stacey Evans when she was trying to give her speech at Netroots Nation simply because and this is what they were saying. She's white and, and, and going up against Stacey Abrams and they. Okay, and then that so so for me that's an example of selective freedom of speech. So that makes more sense because this story is about how uh, about the Alex Jones thing to defend him is racist. Like that's what's so so weird about it. Is she says um, I can't say this strongly enough. Jones is not the hill any free speech advocate should want to die on. Uh, and I'm just going to read you some passages. I think you know. Need my commentary. In a purely academic conversation, protecting free speech regardless of content seems to make sense. But free speech absolutism ignores the fact that in reality, speech is not supported equally across all topics and platforms for everyone. This lens fails to consider the actual power dynamics at play and how society works in favor and support of those who uphold white supremacy and white fragility. But what she's saying is to protect universal free speech. She actually says it somewhere else, I think, that it's um, uh, about the status quo. Yeah, it says um, Springer, I don't know, uh, argued that we need to shift beyond this purely academic discourse of absolute free speech and look at the real material conditions that end up reinforcing the status quo, a status quo that disproportionately regulates and limits the actions of marginalized communities. Now, I'm just going to take this one issue, and then um, you can read the rest of the article. There's like a thousand trigger issues in here. Uh, and say that that free speech is, is actually designed to do the exact opposite. Privilege, status quo, um, uh, having advantages over other people, that's when you want to freeze rights and laws and stuff. That's when you want to lock it in. Like Marlboro was responsible – I read this – I, I don't know if I could prove it right this second, but that they were in favor of ending tobacco ads because they had the dominant market share. And advertising might encroach on that. It's free yeah. speech that helps you break through the stranglehold of the hierarchy. And, of course, this could go on for hours, but it <laughs> can't go on for hours. So check out PropagandaReportDaily.com. This is Monica Perez with Brad Finkley. Thank you, Alicia, Rachel. And uh, we'll be back, hopefully, two weeks from today.